Namaste. This is Maya Tiwari with another episode of Women's Power to Heal Mother Earth. Today we'll be talking about Ahimsa and our food source. Food without which we cannot live, cannot survive, cannot endure. Every life form on Mother Earth depends on her nourishment and her food source. Ahimsa is a Sanskrit word that is loosely translated as non-violence, but in fact it has deeper meanings and deeper roots. It is about the creation and cultivation of oneness with each other, the cultivation of inner harmony for ourselves, which is primary and a high priority to gaining the understanding, the empathy and the compassion that it requires to protect ourselves, each other, Mother Earth, all of her species. Ahimsa does not infer that we only stay away from the egregious acts against Mother Nature. Certainly we do that. But it does not call us to desert our animals because we no longer eat them, for example. We must understand at a deeper level that health is not about just individual personal health. We have become too preoccupied with the excessive forces and programs and dietary uh, restrictions and, and whatever else exists in the field that we are immersed in. We have all of us become too very involved in our concerns for the individual self. Now, mind you, we must have a concern for our health and ourselves, and it does come first, but not at the expense of Mother Nature and her creatures. And while we have the camp of those who continue to slaughter animals in barbaric ways and serve it as commercial food to those who continue to contribute to such diet, while we have the camp, that same camp, that contributes to the disharmony, the dysfunction, and the absolute abuse of our animals that produce milk, and the condition of that milk on one camp. And then on the other camp, we have those who do not use that milk at all, who do not use milk, period, and also who have become vegetarians or vegans and do not uh, contribute to eating the meat. And that's fine, that's a better choice than the one on the first camp, in the first camp. However, it does not end there. Our humanity and human responsibility does not end by simply being preoccupied and focused on our own individual health and what serves us, but what doesn't necessarily serve the greater good of Mother Nature. Let me give you an example. Years ago, I chanted with the cows, had heard of deer that came for meditation, like clockwork. 
serve them prasadam like pine nuts and some corn, chanted the rudram, the Shiva mantras with the nearby cows that were suffering. But I didn't do all of that just to entertain cows and meditate with deer. I did it because the cows were suffering and they needed help, a resonant field of help, of assistance. In fact, what cows need more than anything, because I've experienced this when I grew up in the village in Guyana, with really about 500 people that were the citizens of that village, we had cows abounding, beautiful lands of green and pastures, wonderful natural food, farmers who loved the land, protected it, no GMOs, no pesticide sprays. So it was an idyllic way to grow up on the Atlantic Ocean and at the same time. Years later I came to the Pisgah Mountain Forest in close to Asheville, North Carolina. And there it was that I set up the compound for the Wise Earth School and we began to do the work of healing and it included the vicinal community of cows and deer and horses and people. But we didn't chant with the cows just to entertain them and just out of a feeling of guilt that we must now appropriate time and sit and sing with them. That's also lovely. But we did it because cows and their family and their species depend on human grace. They depend on the communal effect of being part of the family of the humans. And so when I chanted with them, I chanted with them in order to have them remember that yes, there are those who can care for them in the most innate, with the most innate nurturance that's subtle and even their keepers do not have to know what that's all about. But the deeper protection of this animal was also to value its amritam, its nectar of milk. Not to devalue it the way that we have done in the commercial industries, not to dehumanize or de-animalize de them, in such a denigrated way that it brings tears and sadness to the heart when we even listen to the egregious, outrageous, horrific crimes performed against them. But milk, in one of the oldest traditions on Mother Earth, Ayurveda, the Vedas, is food for humanity, when we protect and preserve the natural, organic nature of the animal and the way in which we milk that cow and the way in which we use it after she has given birth and had sufficient leftover for human use, which means a lot less milk than societies have grown accustomed to drinking. But Disregarding this and 
Cutting it out completely does not, cutting out milk as food does not serve the greater good of humanity or Mother Nature. Now, this is a controversial subject. Unfortunately, it became a controversial subject because of so many food movements that feel that they know better. But giving up what she gives us, what is called amritam, meaning the nectar, what supplies and feeds and coats and armor our vital tissue called tattoos, when it is in pure nature, when it is collected from pure heart, when it's collected by wonderful, beneficent husbandry of the cows rather than the horrific ways in which we have farmed them. That food, that milk, and not everyone can assimilate milk. That is true. There are cultures that could not assimilate milk, but those are the exception. We're talking about the general populations of the world. We're talking about ancient Europe. We're talking about ancient India, ancient Middle East. We're talking about the lands of the ancient Americas. This is very important that you digest this because I am not here to sell anything. I have never in the 35 years of my work in holistic health and Vedanta and the Vedic education ever produced a product except education. I have run a nonprofit organization and we get by with what we do, but we have never been in it for the commercial value have not even sold herbs, nor any of the consultancies that I have given to personally given to thousands of women in particular as I tour this world. So my investment in this talk has much more to do with the wisdom of nature and what nature is calling us to produce for her than it has to do with battling and combating the various elements that feel that they have scientific proof that milk is not for the human system. And of course, those who contribute to a certain food movement or many food movements that have annihilated food as, as part of the diet. One, because it is the way in which the cow is treated. But more importantly, the underlying reason is not just that. It is that they disavow milk as food, and that's the point to which I speak. I'm not trying to convince you either. If you believe that, you believe that. That is your system to believe. I remember someone asking me not so long ago in an audience that, uh, what, what if I don't believe in reincarnation? What then? How can you prove that to me? And my answer, as I answer to you, those of you who do not contribute to milk as food, is the same, and it would be there are many more lifetimes to figure it out. Don't worry about it right now. It sounds like a patronizing answer, but it truly is not. There's nothing patronizing about me. I am a soothsayer. I speak truth. I speak truth to the great number of years that I have made incredible sacrifices in order to serve the purpose of the work that I have taken to in this birth. And those sacrifices are called yagna. That's the puja of life. There's the challenges, not normal challenges, I might add. 
that I have had to walk through because the more darkness that is foisted upon the journey, the more light we must seek. And so that be the detail of my own journey. And from that point, I say to you, I say to all of us, that the luxury, the excess and luxury of having to say, I don't eat soya because soya is genetically modified. I don't drink milk because the milk is abused or milk is not human food. I don't uh, that, that, eat the meat because the animal is slaughtered. That's fine. I appreciate all of it. But please remember, you're privileged enough to come from the point of excessive nourishment, from the point of the privileged, from the point in many cases of elitism, where we can say, it's not good for me. Everything that that group of people do without so much as cognizing that they are doing this comes from a place of my health comes first. Well, no, that is not the way that nature works. Our health is important. My personal health is important. But there is something that is way more important than that in the priority, in the preservation that Mother Nature is demanding that we serve upon this earth once again. And that is, food for one must be food for all. Mother Nature is her, the preservation of Mother Nature, the preservation of her sentiency, of the cosmic construction that makes it all possible in the entire world to live and to live with peace, to live in ahimsa. That is our highest priority. That is our greatest goal. The wealth, the healing, the nourishment of all people all animals that are domesticated animals, and all of life. That is it. I am not here to debate with those who do not believe that milk is a phenomenal food. But of course we must first protect the cow so that we receive in good timing milk that does not strip her calf and her young ones of their sustenance and also that she, the mother and father, are taken care of in a beautiful way. So yes, let us chant with them. Yes, let us sing with them. Yes, let us use the gongs and singing bowls and, and feast ourselves with the fact that there is a communion between us, a natural communion between us and animals. Always will be, always will be there. But those animals that we have domesticated for the purpose of humanity's nourishment and nurturance, let us remember that we owe them we owe them the nurturing quality of being part of our family, part of our communal family. That is the way that we need to look at them. And from that point of view, they are happy. They are happy when they are included in the understanding of who they are and what their purpose upon this earth is all about. And yes, all of the wonderful activities that we can do with them is fine, but let us not injure them and hurt them. And if we forsake the milk that they are giving us when they are so willing to produce it for us, we are, of course, not truly caring for them in the way that they would love to be cared for.
Each one of us has the power to shift global consciousness into the mind of peace. What I'm saying can be interpreted as being very hard truths to, follow, to, to swallow and to follow. But we are not here to gather followers. We are here to shift perception. We are here to shift the mind to a place that accommodates a broader spectrum of wellness, a wider vista of that which is called nourishment and nurturance and healing, rather than, oh, I'm feeling ill, oh, it's about my health, oh, I'm so self-involved. Well, I do not with any pride say that I do not use soya milk and I do not use soya and I do not drink milk and I use only this and da 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 and I'm a vegetarian and I don't. It is not with pride that I would ever say that because my place in this universe is to mourn for the devaluation of that beautiful, beautiful legume called soya, of that beautiful golden crop called corn, of that beautiful, amazing food that is so naturally cooling to the human system called wheat or spelt or kamut that have all been manipulated and hybrided and trashed to the point where we can no longer use them. So basically... We are looking at that and not only mourning, but doing something about it as well. I do not exclude these foods because they have been tampered with, but I am very much, uh, in, a, in a way, discerning about how I use them or what I use and knowing what I know about them. And so it's, it's so vital, really, that we take all of these things into consideration and rather than just choose from the privilege, abundance that is there for us to use and pulverize all the seeds because we're all attempting to make milk while we're so against milk as food, let us stop and consider the amount of electrical, electrocution energy that we're putting into our food, trying to recreate what once was such a natural, salubrious part of our food, our diet, our life. And remember this, if you have any questions about what I am trying to say to you, remember, go to the poor areas of your community and start talking to those people. Ask them why they eat what they eat. See what their economic reality is about and why it is so much easier for them to buy the cheap hamburger that they can afford rather than the excessively priced so-called food movement food that you're contributing to. I speak passionately because this is very, very important to me that while it is necessary for us to feel the sadness of the animals around us and humanity that is so poor and suffering. It is also necessary for us to have the proper discernment to understand that we are part of nature, part of each other, and we cannot live for ourselves. This is Maya Tiwari, wishing you a wonderful day.
Peace be your journey. Thank you.